This one goes out to all those fantasy owners, to those quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Who had just lost their number one wide receivers. R.I.P. in the chat to those fellas out there. <laughs> Rip in the chat. So, getting into the subject, man. What about these trades? Like, what the heck is going on in this league? <laughs> like, what in the world? So, alright guys. First of all, thanks for uh, coming into the pod again. Uh, you got your boy, Dugo, here. I'm Ja. So, let's just get right into it today, man. So, we got... Let's let's think about it. Two number one wide receivers on the move. Uh, you have how many quarterbacks on the move still? I mean, this might be the most crazy free agency or off season of all of all time. Like it's getting to that point. Uh, would you agree with that? I'd agree with that. So today, speaking of today, Tyreek Hill got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Unreal. So he, if, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know who Tyreek Hill is. And you know what he does, and he just got traded for, like, five draft picks. So the Chiefs' starting receiver room is made up of Juju, Miko, Travis Kelsey, and I think Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle signed somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, he just went to the Raiders, I believe, Byron yep. Pringle. Yep, so I'm assuming the Chiefs are probably going to draft a receiver in the first or second round. Yeah, I bet they probably take two probably pretty early with those picks that they had gotten from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, they got both the first and a second. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at like their game plan for the draft, um, if I'm their GM, I'm probably taking a wide receiver in both the first and second with those picks I acquired. Why do you need two? So I, the reason why I think you need two is because when you think about it, Travis Kelsey, he's not a wide receiver. He is a tight end. So, okay. that breaks it down to three wide receivers in your room currently, technically. So, I think you need to bring two in there. And, and at the end of the day, if you think you only need four because you can have other uh, roster moves, you know, you can take uh, Robinson out of there and you could have four dynamic wide receivers who have all been play- or picked in the first two rounds. So, I don't know, man. Like I think that would be their best move. Uh, as far as their wide receiver room. Like, I think if they have two dynamic wide receivers, one being possibly like a Wandale uh, Robinson, who is out of Kentucky. Good slot guy. He's an amazing slot guy. He's almost like a pro – he's j- honestly just like Tyreek or probably like a slower version of Tyreek. But we, had, I was going to say, we kind of talked about it earlier too. So we had a we had a pre-production talk. Sure did. Sure um, did. And one of the guys we talked about, I have him on my team. Maybe you do too. Uh, Miko Hardman for the Chiefs is going to be boosted into a position that we've kind of been waiting on. Like we expected that role when he got drafted by the team in the second round uh, about two, three years ago. And yeah. I mean, now he's the fastest guy on the team. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I said Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is one of the strongest arms in the NFL. And so I think that Miko Hardman is going to get used outside. Probably. Because he's a field stretcher, mm-hmm. and as opposed to having him in the slot where he matches up against linebackers, he's outside, he can stretch the defense, and he can pull an entire safety, essentially. Um, he can pull an entire defense on one side of the field. Yeah, well, I mean, a reason why Tyreek was so effective was because when they did mismatch him up inside the slot, yep. I mean, like, that's where he made a lot of his money. I mean, yeah. Whether it was, like, if he were to work outside within the slot during his route, or whether it be, like, if he was in the slot and, like, he was mismatched on a linebacker, like, he would break away from him, have, like, five yards of separation, and just take it for, like, 30 more. Like, that was his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but so, I think I think with the way they have their room constructed now, yep. he's going to go over the top, and Travis Kelsey is still going to be able to work under him. Totally. So Miko will step into the role that Tyreek played, I believe so. Um, they'll position him to the left side of the field more often than not. They'll try to get him in single man coverage more often than not because he beats it every time with his speed. If he can just get off the press, sure. Um, but not only does he stretch the field, but by him stretching that side of the field, Travis Kelsey can get his intermediate routes underneath for you know seven, ten, twelve yards. That's fair. I mean, I just think that they're going to be uh, losing out on just a little bit. Let- 
I mean, with Tyreek, I mean, that's just a complete game changer. And obviously, Miko, he has speed. But you need a lot more than just speed. You and, do. And he has been getting better. Like, if you look at the stats, he's been learning routes. Like, you had said during our pre-production meetings, mm-hmm. like, he had yeah. transferred over from D-back. He was a D-back in college. And now Miko was. And now he's playing wide receiver. So, like, that's a decent transition. Like, at least, like, he knew what routes he was covering when he was a corner or uh, yeah. you know, a safety maybe. I'm not sure what he was playing. But, but yeah, you know, like, I I, it, it, you know, I don't know. Like, it's kind of crazy that he's taking the other side of it now and he's trying to be a wide receiver. I mean, you got to give the guy props. I, I'm i not sure what the move was for. But, you know, he he's out there trying to learn the position. He's learning it pretty well from what you can see on his stat line. And I don't know. I just – I don't know if they're going to keep having him as, like, a number two option because – I think that there are plenty of options out there in the first and second round that could really solidify that room. And I think he could possibly be like a number two for that room this year, but going forward, like you said, like he's on a contract year potentially. And so like, what if they draft two because they don't want to sign the guy if he's not successful this year. So here's my take on it because we obviously haven't mentioned that they also picked up Juju Smith-Schuster for a year. Yeah. So Juju and Miko are probably going to be the outside guys because Miko, by scheme design, is the guy to stretch the defense and allow Travis Kelsey to open up underneath. Sure. But then you also have Juju, who's like an intermediate. That's like his specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, is like you know ten fifteen yards down the field, hit a curl route, hit an in route, out route, whatever. Um. Well, where where's his number three? Because it seems like with Andy, he typically has. A- he needs a slot. Yeah, so... Like, whenever Demarcus Robinson played, he played the slot. When Byron Pringle came in, he played the slot. When Miko used to come in, he'd be in the slot. So I think they go ahead and draft the slot receiver to fit their scheme. Mm -hmm. Because why change it? Like, I mean, yeah, you lost Tyreek, but you have another dude just as fast. Which is ordinary. I mean, the only reason why I could see them taking two is because, like, if they think that... Just like on the off chance that their project wide receiver doesn't pan out the way that they're thinking. Yeah. At least they have a guy who's been playing wide receiver for the last 10 years. Fair. Who is coming into the NFL and, I mean, like, you can mold him for a year. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be a bona fide starter. Mm-hmm. So, I just, that's the reason why I think they're, they're going to take two is because the depletion in the wide receiver room and, uh, you know, just because I think that they they need to take more options at that position, and maybe it might be later down the road in, like, the third, fourth, whatever it may be. They'll get another receiver in the draft. Yeah, but I, I just think, like, they have to take, like, some sort of, like, playmaker, like a Traylon Burks if he's still available. Yeah. Or if 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 he's not available, I'm not sure if they want to take George Pickens that early. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of early for George Pickens yeah. at 30 or at 29 or 30. And they could take – but like an X style of receiver mm-hmm. and use Juju in the slot as well. Like Juju right. can also and be a slot you receiver. Can, you can switch all, all you can four switch them all or five around, for sure. the guys up. I mean, like for if sure. you have a if you have a talented room, I mean I think that just adds more wood to the fire. The only the only downside of it is, is if you are a fantasy owner of any of those people, mm-hmm. like you just see like a, it's a lot of mouths if you like we we're talking before, like with the running back rooms that keep getting more and more crowded. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing with the wide receiver rooms if you have a stacked wide receiver room. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just you don't know who's going to pop off on a certain day. If they're going to average 10 a a game, you know, just stuff like that. Like, you think about it as a fantasy owner. Dude, that's the one thing I really love about Dynasty. If you enjoy, like, outside of just fantasy football, if you enjoy numbers, if you enjoy managing, if you enjoy... Um, business, anything like that. Like, Dynasty football is so fun to play because you can invest in players and get them at whatever value they come in at, Mm -hmm. and you can hold them for years until you think their time is right. Absolutely. I've I've had me calling my team on and off for about three years now, Um, but I'm excited to see what he does next year. And if it works out, then it works out, but if it doesn't, then, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll move on. But Definitely. If it, if it does, you feel good about that, and then they kind of become your guy, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where you get that attachment or like the. That I from, I you feel know? you, man. Like, and I mean, Miko, he has a lot of upside if he can if mm-hmm. he can learn the position. He's three year or three going into four years, and I think. 
He's in his fourth year contract year next so, year. So, uh, you know, like, it's, it's obviously his make or break year. Like, it's kind of like a Marquez Valdez-Scantling type year for him. Like, he has to go out there and he has to really earn it. Motherfucker, we earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Is Tyreek still a wide receiver one in uh, Dynasty? No. And Redraft, is he a wide receiver one? Uh, it's a little more tricky. I think he has to be probably a lower-end wide receiver one at this point or a high-end wide receiver two, personally. Damn, he might be a mid two. He could be a mid two. I just think because of how they can utilize him. And I think um, McDaniel, I think he is going to – I don't know. I think he's going to perform an orchestra with this roster that they have, man. Like, this guy is so smart, and I I, I don't know. Like, I, I have a lot of trust in Mike McDaniel to get this team pulled around and getting them in the right direction. And obviously, looking at this roster, they have the pieces to do it. Yeah. They have everything they need, and Tua could be a really good game yeah. manager. So. Yeah, I mean, that's all he needs to be. Like, he doesn't have to go out and make these – unreal plays or anything like that like they have two versatile running backs they could add a third if they needed to uh those two being uh raheem morris and uh Mostert. yeah raheem, raheem Mostert Mostert and, and chase uh, edmonds yeah chase edmonds thank yeah. you they got the tackle uh, yeah to Armst- armstead. armstead yeah yeah Teron armstead he signed a five-year deal that's really big because now two can feel safe on his back end so not necessarily that's his front end oh shit he's left-handed I he forgot. is yep but it's always nice i mean at least that's you're not gonna though. have someone in your face for sure <laughs> so for sure. yeah <laughs> they Damn. gotta go solidify that right end or that right side now though but i think they might have someone there i'm not not 100 percent sure but regardless man let's let's look at the other side of that trade that we we're talking about in the beginning though with uh Devontae going to the raiders yeah. What do you think that happens to his draft stock? Like, oh, I gotta take on this. I gotta take on this. Like, what do you think happens to that? Because obviously he's rejoined with his college quarterback, one of his best friends, uh, with Derek or with uh Derek Carr. What What do you think happens with this? And what do you think happens to Renfro and Waller? I think Devontae is a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Okay. That's a hot take in my opinion because. He's going to have a quarterback that targets him. Yep. And obviously, he's still going to be the number one option. Yeah. But the difference between his spot on the Raiders and his spot on the Packers was the weak part about the Packers was their number two and number three receivers. Yeah. It was Devontae, and that was it. Yep. He's never had a situation in which he had another receiver on his team as talented as Hunter Renfro. He never had a situation in which he had a tight end as dominant as Darren Waller. Robert Tunyon. Well, maybe was, at one point. Robert Tunyon was decent. I mean, he was good. He caught a lot of touchdowns. I think he had one year with Jermichael Finley, and I think that would have been the only other year. But that, that would have been early when he was still developing. Even. Totally, totally. So with his new team, like Hunter Renfro is an inside specialist. Darren Waller automatically demands the defense's attention. Yep. So and yes, you also could, have Brian Edwards as well. Brian who Edwards no is slouch, good. Slouch. So. So I think that. His target share is definitely going to see a de- decrease, or yeah, it's going to decrease definitely. from yeah. what he got in Green Bay. Yep. And in the red zone, the primary target is probably going to be Darren Waller because he's just a he's a mismatch, no matter who you who you put on him. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, man. So before the before this trade happened. I was seeing, like, around, like, the Twitter sphere, like, a lot of people thinking that with this uh, Josh McDaniels uh, offense that they're going to really key on uh, Josh Jacobs to run the ball and, you know, basically do, like, that Belichick shit. You know, like, you pound the ball, you utilize Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller to stretch mm-hmm. the defense out a little bit, but you really want to emphasize running. For sure. With this addition, do you think that – I, like, what do you think happens to that mindset? Do you think they're more of like a – like, obviously, they have to be more passing now with the targets they have. But how do you think that uh, translates to, like, Josh Jacobs and his carries? Or uh, who's their second now? Uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, yes. Thank you. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't stack the box. Because no. having Hunter Renfro as your top receiver is cool, but it's like he, he's not playing the CB1. 
like the number one DB, like the Jalen Ramsey. He's not playing the Jair Sometimes. Alexander. He is. Like, but he's like, not going to be traced by him. He's not going to be on his hip yeah. every, like, every play, right? But when you get a prototypical receiver like Tay, you have to damn near double him. Yeah. And then you add a Hunter Renfro, and then it's a mismatch inside. Mm-hmm. And you already got Darren Waller to the other side of him. And then Brian Edwards can go fill the other spot. Totally. And so now you have so much going on on one side of the field and in the middle mm-hmm. to where you can run well i think it, I think it takes the, you're gonna have more running lanes i think it takes the attention away from the middle exactly so like they're more focused on the receivers yeah. and so those running lanes for josh jacobs are going to be a little bit better mm-hmm. obviously you hope the raiders continue to build up their line they, they go get a lineman yep but i also think that because it's uh josh mcdaniels and it's essentially the patriots offense for the last two decades they're going to use a lot more Kenyon drake to be fair Mm-hmm. I think they're going to find ways to get him involved. They're going to use Brandon Bolden on special plays, on screen plays, maybe. Um, and I believe that Josh McDaniels is not one to only use one running back ever. No. You're probably thinking back to maybe, like, his time with Denver when they had um, – I forgot who their uh, running back was. I know back in – when Josh McDaniels was in Denver, they had no Sean Moreno. Um, I think they had uh, Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee. Yeah. Yeah. And they were... Two running back set. Two running back set, yeah. yeah. And so regardless, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to get that workhorse role, especially with his contract coming up due when McDaniels is kind of keen to how the Patriots do things. That's fair, yeah. Like, if he wants to make sure that his GM doesn't have to go out and pay big stacks mm-hmm. to Josh Jacobs, and he thinks... Mm-hmm. You know, hey, rinse, rinse and repeat. Like, let's just get a different running back in the draft. But type stuff. But I guess my opposition to that would be he just spent a bunch of money and picks on Tay and their offensive line, and I believe they added somebody. Did they add Chandler Jones? Yeah, yeah, at defensive end. Yeah, so they have. Uh, They've been spending money. Max Crosby and uh, Chandler Jones on end now, which is unreal. Yeah, so they need at the quarterback, man. So they've been spending money, and um, that could mean that maybe McDaniels isn't is, stuck on that. Is Josh Jacobs in his third year, or is he going into his fourth? Him and David Montgomery, I think, are both up for contract years. At the end of this? At the so end of same year as uh, same year as Miko, then? Yeah, I think they're all in the same draft. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, man, like that, I don't know, like that could definitely be a possibility. I think Josh Jacobs has shown that he could be a number one back in that scheme, though. That's yeah. just... Well, maybe not in that scheme, but in that team at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I think because of the division they're in with the Broncos, with the Chiefs, with the Chargers, yeah, they're going to have to keep honest, too, to their talent. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to when the Patriots used to play the Jets and the Bills when they were bad and the Dolphins when they sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, you get away with more of that shit Definitely. when you have six games a year like that. Yep. But playing against your top-tier competition – you're going to need your top-tier talent. So I don't think they're going to be doing as much of that of that bullshit of, like, trying to split too many reps. Like, your best right. players are your best players, and you use them. I feel you, man. Absolutely. I got that for sure. Uh, let's transition to a move that was honestly a little shocking to me. I'm not sure what you really thought about this at all, but Matt Ryan go, going to the Colts? What did you think about it? I think it was a terrific move by the Colts to get Matt Ryan. I think he he's obviously one of the best quarterback. Well, probably not one of the best quarterbacks in the league still, but he's still like in that echelon of like a game manager. Like he's okay. exactly what this team needs with Jonathan Taylor as a running back, and he's gonna I think help out Michael Pittman Jr.'s uh, traits and his development a lot more than what uh, Carson Wentz could have done or. You know, anything of the latter. Um, That's fair. So, I mean, I, I, I think they do need to go get a couple more wide receivers to kind of solidify that room, whether that be in free agency with, like, an OBJ, uh, Julio Jones, something like that. He's going to have a... But, like, they also got to get someone in the draft, too. They got to bring some youth into that room. Like, Michael Pittman Jr., he's young, obviously, but if you... Is can, he going to be your number one, though? I'd, I wouldn't think so. I would say whoever comes in will probably be your number one. Yeah, like a Jamison Williams type, Traylon Burt. Oh, well, they only have second round. Shit, they might not even have second round. They got picks. second round still. Because what did they trade for Matt Ryan? Third. They traded the Wa- uh, Washington Commanders third to them. Okay. Which was, uh, the fun fact about that trade was, 
if you look at it, it's uh, the third pick of the – or it's the 28th pick of the third round, and they had lost – or uh, and if you look at the grand scheme of things, when they lost to the Patriots, the Falcons, the score was 28-3. to So if you flip-flop that, that's 3-28. <laughs> so I don't know. That was just one of like the funniest things, like when they brought that up, like – Oh, I never think? thought about that, yeah. So, yeah, they got uh, pick uh, 28 of the third round. Uh, the Falcons did. So you basically just sold out all of your like your high-end picks to get a quarterback for the next few years. Kind of. I mean, what what you did is, yeah, you, you, you screwed up on one by trading for Carson, giving them two firsts, and like that salary that they also was had to take. Was it a first? I thought it was a second. For Carson, when oh, they shit. traded from the Eagles. Because he played 75% or whatever. When he played for the Eagles, I think they had to trade, like, two firsts and, like, a third, I thought it was. Like, that's how high uh, they were on him. And that's why the Eagles still have another first this year. Or two firsts. I mean, I, I think they traded someone else, too, but they have three firsts. I think it was seconds. They were, I think they were second-round picks. I think it was they were originally thirds, and if he played enough, they were seconds. No, I think... I think two of them were first. I think this last year and I think this year were their first, and I think everything else was thirds. But regardless, man, I don't know. I just think that, you know, I think Matt Ryan getting in there, I think what you could see, uh, Michael Pittman, he's going to see a slight uptick, I think, and oh, yeah. uh, reception yards, yeah, uh, receptions in general, you know, touchdowns, whatever you think. I, I think he's going to be doing a lot better than what he was the last few years. Because he finally has a quarterback who can get him the ball. Like he's not limited with Philip Rivers, who by the end of his career he couldn't throw a ball. Uh, Carson Wentz, really mediocre quarterback in my opinion. Yeah. And Matt Ryan, like he's a game manager. He can at least throw the ball a bit too. Like he has an arm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why he's going into like his twelfth or fourteenth year, something like that. Yeah. Like he's in, he's still here for a reason. Uh, they traded a third to get him. I like it a lot. I like uh, that too. I think Matt Ryan's gonna be icy. Yeah, I, I also think that we could also see a big uptick in Jonathan Taylor's numbers as well. I think yeah. him getting solidified in that offense. I, I don't want to be pushing it too much, Man. but I think it could be JT two, two K this year. Do you think Matt Ryan has a Matt Stafford type of year? No, no, not at all. I think Jonathan Taylor has like a Matt Stafford type I think year. JT already had his best season he's going to have. I don't think so at all. He had a crazy year last year. He sure did, and I think he's going to get crazier this year. Like when you were – like I'm not sure if you watched the Matt Ryan press conference, but he was raving about Jonathan Taylor. And like when they were uh, – when the Falcons were trying to play the Bills this year, mm-hmm. like they watched like the Colts tape and they saw what JT did. Dude, JT had 18 touchdowns and 1,800 yards this year. I think he's going to go for tw- for 2,000 yards this year. He dude. had 20 total touchdowns and over 2,100 all-purpose yards. I think he's going to rush for over 2,000 yards this year. Man. Like, this guy's going to pop off. Like, this guy is – I think the best running back in our league and Matt Ryan knows that. Mm-hmm. And what Matt Ryan wants to do is fucking win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And sure. he's not going to limit his team by saying, Oh no, let's check out of this run so I can pass it. Like that's what Carson once did. And that's how they lost so many fucking games. Like Matt Ryan, he's Matty ice for a reason. Yeah. I don't know. Like he can make throws, but he's also a very smart cat out there, man. That's just my personal or my personal opinion, and I think that's what's gonna happen. Colts, I think, once they make another uh, addition at wide receiver or two, I think they could be uh, Super Bowl contenders. This is the first time I've talked to you since the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, man. What the hell? Did you? I called call it on the last podcast. Yeah, dude. Like, I called it. I think we we definitely settled on that was his best option for sure. Best option. Um, I mean, obviously they have a pretty good roster. Yeah. They have a ton of fantasy players that may or may not already be on your rosters. Uh-huh. Um, I know one guy who's going to be pretty popular is Nick Chubb. Yeah. Another guy is going to be Amari Cooper. There's mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. And obviously there's Deshaun Watson, who for many of us have just, he's just been sitting in IR. Totally. Uh, for the last, you know, year, year and a half. So mm-hmm. we'll finally be able to take him out next year. Gotta ask, how does this affect Nick Chubb as a fantasy running back? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's high end. 
He typically is a top five running back in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, how does Deshaun Watson affect his stock moving forward? Yeah, man. Let's talk about both running backs, honestly, because I really like both with Kareem Hunt as well. Now, Kareem Hunt, I'll say this now, may or may not be with the team. I think there's something going on with his contract where he's less of a hit if you release him after June 1. Interesting. So, so I guess let's look at it from the fact that right now he's currently on the team, and that's what we're going to roll with. Okay. So, which he'll probably be on the team next year. I mean, if I don't see why not. I think Kevin Stefanski, if there's any reason he wants the GM to drop him, I would fucking. Yeah, what if the Chief traded for Kareem Hunt to get him back on the team? Nah, dude, I don't think they would do anything like that. I think they want to get their name away from him. Yeah. Um, sure. but anyways, back to Nick, Nick Chubb. That'd be crazy. So I think Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb personally, I think he takes a little bit of a downtick with us. Really? I think so personally, oh. yeah. Because I think they're going to be more – I think they could transition to more of a passing offense and you have more of a prolific passer with Deshaun rather than with Baker where you ran not necessarily out of necessity because you're also a extremely good running team. But one thing that goes with that is you're passing a shit ton with Deshaun and – I mean, maybe you see an uptake with them nah, if they bro. get leads. If they get if they get leads early and they can run the ball, then you could possibly see an uptick. But that's the only way. But I think they're, they're going to be in a lot of close games this year. Like Deshaun, I think he's going to make a lot of good plays if he's playing. But shit, dude, like he could be suspended this whole year. No way. Who knows, dude? They could say this whole year. They could say four games, six games. Who knows, dude? Like, it's all about what the NFL wants to do. If they want to keep cracking down the belt like they have. Like, look at what they just did to my boy, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's out for a year. But that was for gambling. Like, that's the biggest, that's the worst thing you could do as a player. Obviously, no, 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 no. From a a, a moral aspect, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, there's a lot worse you can do yeah. than gamble on your own team, but right. in terms of the NFL and how they take care I of it in their judicial yeah. system, like that's number, that's like the biggest thing because they have yes. like billions of dollars on that. Right, right. You're, Obviously, there's worse you can do. That's fucking with the integrity of the league. I understand that. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of how they'll treat it and how harsh you'll get punished. Right. Well, what I'm saying is just because of like, I mean, they haven't made any real comments about it, but like everyone knows that there's a suspension in coming whenever it happens. Yeah. So that's just why, like, I don't think it's weird to take off the table of possibly a whole year. Like, a lot of people have already brought that up, and they've said that they're willing to put down, like, a one mil cap hit for this year mm-hmm. and transition everything else on to the next year. So, like, they're at least getting the full value for Deshaun. Yeah. So, like, it's a possibility. Like, don't take it off the table, but, like, I think, hey, you never know. You, you never know. Like, we could see a six-game suspension, but, like, then you have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for six games. Did they re-sign Nick Chubb, the Browns? Yeah. I think they re-signed him last year. I think they got him onto a fat contract. Okay. So, taking that into effect, and I kind of do want to just verify that, too. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, so you got Nick Chubb. You got... Yeah. Yeah, he did. He signed a three-year 36 mil. Yeah. So, yeah, he's getting paid RB1 numbers, and obviously he's going to get his touches. Stefanski, he seems like he's a run-heavy quarterback. I just think with the addition of Deshaun Jacks or <laughs> of Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. you got to throw the ball because that's what he's best at. Like, obviously mm-hmm. he can control the game and make sure that you're winning. Yeah. But his best thing is when he's under pressure, when he's making those last-second decisions – like, he's fucking on. I think that Stefanski is going to run an offense that takes what the defense gives him. And I believe with their current receiver core, the defense is going to stack the box more often than not. Maybe try to blitz Watson because you're only legible or, like, viable receiver is Amari. Like, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, they really haven't shown you much. Right. So... David Njoku's another one, too. Like, obviously, he's athletically athletically gifted, mm. but he hasn't really shown you too much in terms of production. That's fair. Well, one person I do think that takes an uptick this season, quite possibly. I mean, I know we are just talking about running backs, but I think Kareem Hunt might take a little bit of an uptick yeah, this year. no doubt. I think him out of the backfield, I think he was more of the receiving back last year. Mm-hmm. I think that rule is going to continue, and I think with it being more of a passing offense, I think personally – 
I think he's probably going to get more checkdowns that way. And with that, I think his numbers are going to be increasing slightly. Uh, probably by like 20 points probably throughout the year. Just the check down option? Yeah, just when, check downs. Uh, when, when the defense plays, you know, like cover three. Yeah. Or they have the DBs deep, like five, ten yards back. Yeah, like if they, like when they get their second wide receiver option, whether it be like a Garrett Wilson in the draft or if uh, OBJ is willing to go back to Cleveland. <sighs> Cleveland has a pretty good O-line too. They have an extremely good O-line, absolutely, yeah. So they're going to block at the second level and get you, like, those extra yards that normally you wouldn't get if you were on the Texans or if you were Duke Johnson on, I mean, shit, the Browns were the Texans. Well, yeah, I mean... Because Duke Johnson played a similar role for Deshaun Watson when he was on Houston. Um, But I think Kareem Hunt is more talented and would be able to do more with that. Definitely, yeah. I, I honestly, I'm not sure how much of an impact Duke Johnson is really going to have on this team this upcoming year. Um, I don't even know what team he plays for now. Um, I was just saying Kareem Hunt is similar to Duke Johnson. Oh, okay. In like, terms you. of how they play um, with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a really big sign-in. And, obviously, my boy Amari Cooper gets a boost, too. He, Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, he obviously he gets to have that prototypical number one wide receiver role on that team as of right now. Um, you got a dynamic quarterback. The only thing is I don't love about it, but obviously you, you're going to hype it up. He doesn't have anyone else around him that takes pressure off of him as a wide receiver. They'll draft one. They'll draft a receiver. Yeah, they will. And I understand that, but I just, as of right now, man, like they need to get someone who hits Mm -hmm. because I know all that pressure on Amari, that's going to fucking crack someone. Yeah. And I like the fact that they signed Jacoby Brissett to mm-hmm. take over when uh, Deshaun Watson, if something happens to Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a really viable quarterback, so don't fade your Cleveland Brown players, yeah. uh, regardless of Deshaun Watson's suspension. Obviously, don't expect them at their ceiling, mm-hmm. but I don't think their floor is going to be too low with Jacoby Brissett stepping in, who's someone who can still get the ball into his playmaker's hands. For sure, man. What do you think about the Jameson Winston signing from the Saints? Mid. Yeah, I honestly, man, I kind of like it. Yeah. Because when you looked at his stats last year before he tore his ACL, like he was having the best year of his career after he got LASIK, mm-hmm. which honestly that could have been his issue the whole time. He just wasn't seeing. He right? couldn't see. You know who knows? Like that could have been this. That's some funny. Wildest shit. stuff in the world, and hey, he got his stuff right. He just he forgot about his knees, so. Obviously, he's going to be coming back healthy. He's going to be uh, doing his thing. He throws the ball really well. The Saints, they got to draft a wide receiver opposite of Michael Thomas, even if he plays or not. I'm not sure what's happening with that. Um, But as of right now, man, I think you're Torrey Jones or whoever it is. Tony Jones. Tony Jones. I think he takes kind of a slight down tick with that signing. Well, I mean, he's only going to play while Kamara suspended. Yeah. Like, Tony Jones, if you don't know, is the backup running back on the Saints. Uh, there's obviously talks of Kamara with his ongoing case. We don't know what the final result's going to be yet. But if he were to go out, hypothetically speaking, Tony Jones would be in line to take up that backup work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want any New Orleans Saints on my fantasy team next year. Not even Kamara. Because he's obviously going to miss time. But yeah. he's going to come into a bad offense. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really weird down there right now, man. I don't know what the heck is happening. I don't with know the what's Saints. going on with Michael Thomas. I haven't seen him play in two years. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I'm everyone, not just gonna assume he's playing next year. Yeah, everyone, just take a pause on the Saints right now, man. I mean, unless they draft a wide receiver, you know, probably. I would take a Saints wide receiver yeah. if they draft one. Something like that, you know, just to have on a roster. But like but, other than that, man, like yeah. don't don't force anything if you don't have to. If you draft the Saints offensive player, you're drafting them with the intention of basically holding them in your taxi the first year, mm-hmm. maybe the second year too. Yeah. Potentially. But that's going to be a long hold, so. That's fair, man. Um, that's true. As far as Jameis, I mean, it's a, you know, they got a quarterback, so mm-hmm. they can go into the draft and training camp um, knowing what that position is, so that's obviously good for their team. For sure, man. There was another really big splash uh, trade that, well, I guess when you look at the books, it wasn't really much of a splash because all they had to trade was like a sixth round for him. But Robert Woods, man. Bobby. 
Bobby Trees. This guy, uh... Do you think he likes that nickname? I have no clue. Probably. He's kind of a badass. I bet he probably likes it. Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. Um, I don't know. I, I like the guy. He, uh, he obviously just tore his ACL. I think it was, like, week nine or something. Bro, you can't uh, call me Bobby Trees. Why not? That's a trash-ass nickname. Why bro. not, bro? It just sounds like I'm high all the time. Maybe. I mean, maybe he is high all the time. He just came from L.A., bro. Bro, but... He, but what if he wants to smoke on the L and, like... Just on the low, he wants to, like, get, you know, like, get a smoke in and shit, and now you're making him hot with Bobby Trees. As hey, name. man, maybe. Everyone's or going to Bobby everyone, Trees. Everyone's like, oh, he's so, he's so, he's so, uh, square that he's not gonna smoke. Bro, if but I'm a drug dealer, I'm not selling to a nigga named Bobby Trees. Like, that's crazy. You probably don't have any sort of prototypical drug dealer to sell on Bobby Trees. I don't trees. know, bro. You probably have, like, a Jordan Belfort type. The NFL investigators are different. Yeah, they are different, man. They totally are. But, I don't know, man. I think Bobby Trees going That's, to no, the Titans. Know. I think uh, I think Robert Woods probably takes us. Uh, I think he's probably going to stay about where he is. He's about a three. He's a wide receiver three. Maybe, maybe low end two. Low end um, two some weeks. Yeah. He'll some, have his 16, 18 point weeks when he gets a touchdown. And for sure. A big, big yard, big catch. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think this really does any, like uh like you know like huge increases or decreases anything like that within uh you know his fantasy outlook i i think it's a great signing by or a great trade by the titans to mm-hmm. get him in there i think that's going to be great for uh, aj brown you know take a little pressure off him yeah so you know hopefully we can see up, uh upticks in both of those guys uh also within the titans then if you're looking at it, if you see both those guys both getting receptions, what do you think happens to Derrick Henry? Or do you think because both those guys are popping off because of Derrick Henry? <sighs> Derrick Henry is going to be a top five running back if he plays. Yep. And I think that with him just being who he is, yeah, you got to expect that Robert Woods, and they also added Austin Hooper yep. in the tight end spot. I'm going to expect that they probably – Get a lot more active in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was this like thirty now. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty nine going on thirty. I yep. think he's thirty now. So, uh, like, I liked him on the Rams because they had a bunch of distractions and he'd get like the third or fourth best cornerback most of the time. But on the Titans, where he's gonna get the two and. He's slow and like they he's can, not slow at all. He's, he's not slow, but he's also coming off of the ACL. Yeah. And he's thirty. And if you put a deep or a safety over top of him, you can almost shut him down. I mean, like there's obviously routes that you can uh, negate those, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Like I don't know. Like it all depends on what's happened with the defense. I bet you know they got to stack the box a little more because of King uh, Honey in there. But you got to so, add in the King Henry effect, like. Henry's going to get 20 to 25 attempts a game. Yeah. And. Yeah, that's nothing that he's ever had to really deal with before. He's no. always been on, like, pass-heavy offenses. You're going to have A.J. Brown on the other side, who's the alpha on the team. Yep. And is going to get probably a lot of the, I don't know if he'll get all the deep shots, but. No. He'll, the, wait, pause. But um, I don't, he'll get his work in, and they may or may not draft another receiver mm-hmm. in the NFL draft, so. Um, I guess we'll see on all those, but Bob Bobby Trees is probably a wide receiver three uh, for me moving forward. Though and wide receiver two. Um, that's fair, oh. man. I, I I agree with all those. Um, you know, let's move on to a couple guys who I think could move into all sorts of wide receiver three, wide receiver roles. I don't know if these guys will ever get into that wide receiver one role. But these are rookies com- coming out of uh, some really good schools. Who we got? Uh, first guy I want to talk about is David Bell. Uh, I know there's been a lot of slander on this guy lately because of what he did at the Combine. And you know what? A lot of slander could very well be well uh, taken because at the Combine, dude, he kind of shit the bed. Like, he... He did his thing. He went out there. He had fun, probably. He, uh, you know, he, he, cool. Like, he's a wide receiver. Um, 
But I don't know, man. Like, he's something that, like, let's look at his numbers. He, he ran a 4.65, so that's not great. But, like, the cool – like, the best thing about this guy that I like is he has the ability to catch literally any ball around him. That's fair. So that's what I love about the guy. And I I don't know if he runs a 4.65 when he's just, like, running, like, a 40. Yep. But he seems like he runs much faster on the field. Like, he plays just a faster game, it seems like. So, maybe this will transition better to the NFL. Uh, He's a possession guy. Yeah. He's physical. He seems like someone who could... I don't want to call him the one on any team. No. He's like a Jarvis Landry-style receiver. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. With a little bit more ability to produce on the outside as opposed to just the slot. That's... Yeah. But... I'm not getting super excited about him, but I think that if you draft him, you're going to get somebody who's going to be stable. And if you just need some stability on your team, you already have a high-end guy like Calvin Ridley waiting in the tuck. Um, maybe you have someone like a Justin Jefferson or an A.J. Brown who's coming off of an injury-prong season. Right. You could draft a David Bell, and they'll give you a solid floor. And depending on where he goes, you know, maybe that's slightly adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um but he just doesn't seem to be the guy who I'm expecting to b- break the game, mm-hmm. be a game breaker almost. Um, he's going to do what he's schemed to do. For sure. And it won't be much less, but I don't know if it'll be much more. That's fair, man. Yeah, I mean, like in his senior year, he had over 1,000 yards receiving, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then he also did a little bit of running. Uh, he had a run, uh, rushing touchdown along with seven uh, receiving touchdowns as well. So eight total. Yeah. So like that's not bad. Like that's a that's a good thing to end your career on. Um, but man, like he he's obviously, I don't. I think he's gonna be a little bit more dynamic than what he is on the college field. We'll have to see where he goes, and that'll completely determine his value for me. For sure, yeah. I don't know. Or otherwise, like, maybe he was overhyped in college and uh, he doesn't pan out in the NFL. We've obviously seen that happen a time or two as well. What do you, uh, what do you think of Ontario Drummond? Man, you beat me to the point. I honestly, I like this guy. He's almost like David Bell, I think, maybe a tick faster. He actually ran the same exact 40. He ran a 4.65. Um, and they are about the same size as six one two twenty or uh, two fifteen. You know, I, I think both these guys they're probably going to be, <clears throat> you know, like starters at one point. I'm not sure when that's going to be. Um, but I think for the first couple of years they're probably going to be backups. Uh, or you know, I think Drummond maybe more of like a special teams guy. Like I think he probably has uh trajectory maybe like MVS. Something like that. So, if you don't know, Dontario Drummond is a receiver from Ole Miss. Yep. And he's a little bit on the older side. I believe he's currently 24 in college, but by the time the season starts, he'll be transitioning into 25. Interesting. Yeah, I know he's a senior. I didn't have his age, though. His birthday was in 97. Oh, I'm 97. I was a 97 birthday. Yeah, so I'm going to be 25 this year for my birthday. Yeah, his birthday was in August, so he's actually younger than you. By yeah, like, but he'll still be 25 by, bit, the, yeah. by the year. End of the year. Yeah. So he's obviously a player who I'm just going to project probably hit his peak when he was a little bit older, you know, which wrong with, like... Whatever, but in terms of fantasy football, I mean, we typically prefer when players do it at 19, 20, 21, because that shows they have more upside. When you're able to, like, dominate the game as a 19-year-old in the NCAA, that means your ceiling is crazy high. Like, you're just different. You're a freak of nature. And so when you typically have it, or when you have it at the age of 22, 23, then it shows, like, you're coming along kind of on pace and whatever, but at the same time, like, is that... As preferable as, you know, the next receiver who popped out at 20. That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, I mean, that could definitely hurt his draft stock as well. I just think, you know, he's naturally athletic. He's smooth when he is out there on the field. 
Uh-huh. Like when we we're watching his tape today, like he looks good out there. Yep. Like he even compared him almost to like an AJ Brown type if he was a little slow. He does look a lot like AJ Brown. So and yeah, I, maybe some of it is because he wears eleven, and AJ Brown was number one potentially. And so I kind of see that in them, but um, yeah, I think this guy. I at the end of the day, I don't know if he's gonna be anywhere really like playing like an X or a Z. I don't think so. But I don't think so. I think he could definitely be like a slot guy because he's a little thicker. So um, when he when he got him up against like linebackers and stuff, he'll be able to take hits and get some separation still. And you're not having someone who's 5'11", 150 out there against a linebacker. So like it's a nice little mix up, and you know like you have someone that's safe against a linebacker and can still. I got a question. Get a, a matchup against him. What's up, bro? So this dude has like. Dontario has like a fro. Yeah, he has the sickest fro. If he gets dreads as a wide receiver, do you boost him up your rankings? Yeah, at that point, he could possibly be a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah. I think so too. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's... If he dreads his hair, he's a top 10 receiver. Look, man, I'm just looking at the NFL scouting report right now, and the last bullet point possesses untapped potential. And that's probably because they're thinking, oh, if they trade that... He has the possibility to get dreads. Bingo. Bingo. Like like you always Star. have said, Star. wide receivers with locks... Yo, wide receivers with dreads off. always go crazy. And they always have a higher upside. Man. Because I'm, they have dreads. Yeah, and I think... I don't care how that sounds. That's my rule. That's, uh, that's not my rule, but it's something that definitely contributes to my decision. That's like, fair. If there's two receivers that are going against each other, or I'm debating against and drafting... I drafted Dwayne Eskridge last year. Yuck. In the third round. Yuck. Um, fuck, dude. I wonder if Rondell Moore is available. I don't know, man. If I drafted him over Rondell Moore, I, I shouldn't be qualified to give you guys any advice, so you should just turn off the podcast. That's fair. I'm going to check on that now, but regardless, um, just because of his ability to twist his hair, mm-hmm. he's a top 10 to 15 uh, wide receiver prospect to me. That... I'd probably take him in the third round, in the third round. Yeah, under the third, fourth, maybe even fifth. You know, like, it depends on where he's falling in your draft and, like, his landing spot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you something. You just you just kind of ran me through kind of, like, what you like with your wide receivers. Tell me about what you like with your quarterbacks. Uh, the ability to run in fantasy. Interesting. Well, I have a prospect that we were watching film on today. Oh. Malik Willis. Does that ring a bell? Stud. Yeah. Had his pro day yesterday, looked extremely good. Obviously, he was just throwing against air, and how can you not have a good pro day if you're a quarterback? Like, it's kind of hard to go out there and, you know, just screw up throwing a ball, which you've been doing for the last how many years? I said in a previous episode that Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback in this draft. And I told you you were wrong. I'm taking that back. Who's Malik, number one? Malik Willis is the best quarterback in this draft, and it's not close. I don't think it's close either. His ability to rush, his ability, bro, he drops the ball on a dime mm-hmm. whenever he wants to. Sure does. Whenever he wants to. He places it perfectly for the receiver to make. The, he always places the ball in front of the receiver to where they're the only one who's able, who's able to catch it. Mm-hmm. I don't see him having too many interceptions as a professional. No. He places the ball perfectly ahead to where if the receiver doesn't catch it, then no one gets it, as opposed to throwing ducks. Yeah, I think the only way, like, if he, he if he does have a lot of interceptions, I mean, which is very possible. I mean, a lot of rookies make a lot of mistakes. No doubt, yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning, he still holds the rookie uh, record for most interceptions in see, a season. and that's the thing so. about Drew Locke. What do you mean? He has the potential to just throw everything in front of his receivers to where they're the only people to catch it. But for whatever reason, he has zero timing with his guys, mm-hmm. and then that shit ends up just being picks. Yeah, he typically throws it like five yards either overthrown or ten yards underthrown. Yeah. Like, there's hardly any. There's no medium, and it's like, bro, just control that. Right. I don't know. Right. It's obviously, easier said than done. He has a bigger arm than I'll ever ever have so whatever but that's just crazy like when you have a receiver with that strong of an arm like you have a great opportunity to develop them because they really shouldn't be throwing too many turnovers 
True. Like, they can place the ball to where only the receiver can get it, and no one can get it. Well, it's I mean, a pretty like, general range. You can have as big of an arm as you want, but, I mean, it's all about accuracy. Yeah. Like, you could throw that pitch as far as, yeah. Like, chemistry. Understanding your receiver and where they're going to be. For sure, man. So, I don't know. Like, I give Drew Locke a little bit of props. Like, he's just trying to learn the game a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you, there's only so many successful quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, For sure. So, I don't know. Like, he's just trying to do the thing. I don't know. That's that's his thing. Shout out to my boy, Jerry Judy. He just had a kid. Hey. I don't know if you follow Russ Wilson's Instagram, but he posted a video a couple of days ago of him at a football field in California, I think. Mm-hmm. He was practicing with his new Denver Bronco teammates. So, that's Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Was Tim Patrick there? I only Tim Patrick was there. KJ Hamler was there. Dang. Albert O was there. Uh, Jerry Judy was... Absent bringing a new life into the world, so yep. congratulations to him. And I'm really excited to see what that team does next year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a team that's already starting to build chemistry in March. Yep. They're going to continue that. And by the time September comes around, they're all going to be integrated. They're going to be comfortable. They're going to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to win that division. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the Broncos win the AFC West next year. Yeah, I I kind of have a soft spot of having the Broncos as possibly, like, in the Super Bowl. Because, I mean... I would love to see the Broncos-Packers Super Bowl. Holy crap, would that just be wild? That'd like, be amazing. Yeah, dude, that'd be crazy. I mean, they've played each other in the we Super Bowl We had that before. in the 90s, yeah. 97. Yep. 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 That'd be... I'd love to see that. But, nah, man, I think that team's going to gel together really well. Mm-hmm. And in redraft, obviously, I think they're all going to get drafted. Maybe a little bit overdrafted because of the new situation. But if you have them in Dynasty, you got to be just happy as hell. For sure. Well, I think it depends on redraft. Like, if you have, like, a lot of smart people, like, they might see, like, the subtle downticks in some people because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yep. You don't know exactly who Russell yep. has the mo- the best connection with you. I'm starting to slowly think it's going to be Cortland Sutton. I think so, too. I think so too. I'm starting to float towards Cortland Sutton. I think I think Judy will still be a great number two on that team. Cortland's just too big of a target. Yeah. Everything's catchable because of how big he is. Mm. He's six four, six five. He's two thirty or more. He's damn near DK Metcalf. Yeah. And they, DK has been a top tier receiver every year with Russ. Damn near. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just not as fast. I don't think. But other than that, like Cortland's yeah. been, he's been a guy. Yeah. He's actually another old Miss guy. I'm pretty sure. I think Russ calls him Court. Court? He already has a nickname. It's been like a week. Look at look at him, man. Like, That's crazy. Him and Court. What your... <laughs> Why are you saying Court? <laughs> <laughs> no, he went to That's SMU, funny. dang. Not, funny not Ole Miss. Court. Court. <laughs> this is a sick ass name. Um... But, yeah, no, I'm excited for my Broncos. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think we should cover? You know, honestly, I think we've talked a little too much uh, for these guys. Oh. Uh, I appreciate you guys stepping in, unless you have anything else to uh, talk about. No, nah, man, I appreciate you guys. Um, thank you for listening. We're trying to expand more so on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're this is our eighth episode ever, so we're getting better every episode. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate comments um, on YouTube. Let us know how we can improve. Uh, keep listening to Spotify. Follow us. Subscribe and twitter um, instagram uh you got gumbo yeah. pod on there just look us up we're gonna show yeah. up yeah uh yeah, yeah find us out there we always got some polls out there whether it's the best landing spot for wide receivers that are getting floated out there whether it might be yeah. uh interact with us you know if you have some opinions let us know we'd love to bring them up with you during the pod for sure so we appreciate you guys uh my name's Shaw. i'm dugo we are out peace Slide